Grace and peace to you, Bloom. Welcome to our guided liturgy podcast, where each week we go through a liturgy of prayer and confession, of worship, and of meditation on Scripture. Our desire for this time is that as we participate and engage in this liturgy together as a community across Denver, that we would be drawn into the presence of Christ, which is in us, among us, and moving through us into the world. Our prayer for our community has been that we would live deeper into the reality that we are the body of Christ on the earth, the manifestation of the love and the healing and the grace of God to our city and to our world. So may this liturgy guide us into that reality together. Bloom, let's join together now with the church worldwide and say the prayer of the day together. O oh God, the protector of all who trust in you, without whom nothing is strong, nothing is holy, increase and multiply upon us your mercy, that with you as our ruler and guide, we may so pass through things temporal, that we lose not the things eternal. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. We pray to God, the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come upon us. Come, Holy Spirit, creator, and renew the earth. Holy Spirit, come upon us. Come, Holy Spirit, Counselor, and touch our lips that we may proclaim your word. Holy Spirit, come upon us. Come, Holy Spirit, power from on high. Make us channels of peace and ministers of healing. Holy Spirit, come come upon us. Come, Holy Spirit, breath of God. Give life to the dry bones around us and make us a living people, holy and free. Holy Spirit, come upon us. Come, Holy Spirit, wisdom and truth. Strengthen us to be bold in faith. Holy Spirit, come upon us. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Sometimes we're growing older in age You are making all things new Jesus, you are our very life We lift our hands, we lift our hearts To give thanks to right and good and joyful to bring our praise to you. It is right and good and joyful to bring our praise to you. Holy God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Lord, of your glory, Lord. Holy, holy Lord, God of from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 5. Then they brought the apostles before the high council, where the high priest confronted them. We gave you strict orders never again to teach in this man's name, he said. Instead, you have filled all Jerusalem with your teaching about him, and you want to make us responsible for his death. But Peter and the apostles replied, We must obey God rather than any human authority. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead after you killed him by hanging him on a cross. Then God put him in the place of honor at his right hand as prince and savior. He did this so the people of Israel would repent of their sins and be forgiven. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, who is given by God to those who obey him. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. So we've been in this story of the early church for weeks, and uh, for a while we were centered around this 
man that was born lame, that was healed at the temple gate. And and every scene that we were engaging with in the readings either took place as a result of this man's healing or in opposition to this man's healing. And you start seeing the church learn, in a sense, how to walk and how to uh, be that which they are, which is the body of Christ in the world. And so as they start seeing this healing and this grace and this power flow from them as they're filled with the Spirit, and as they're open to the works of Christ moving in and through them, you can sense this amazement that they had with who they are and with those who were witnessing this, that they were full of awe and full of wonder. And you also see that the religious leaders of the day are not that excited about it because the movement of Christ is is coming against the, the traditions and the the formalities and the laws and the regulations of religion. So Christ is moving among and sometimes against the established norms and authorities of the world and even of religion and faith. Christ is doing exactly what Christ was doing during Jesus's time on earth. This time it's being done through the body of Christ, which is the people of God filled with the Spirit of God, to see the works of Christ and the grace and the healing of Christ be extended through them and to the earth, to those around them. It impacts systems, it changes minds and hearts, it draws people into the reality of the kingdom of God on the earth, which will, as Jesus says, topple every other kingdom. So we fast forward into this story, and the lectionary just puts us right down into the middle of an inquisition in which the religious leaders are saying to the apostles, they're saying to them, why are you healing in this man's name? And they don't even say the name of Jesus. Why are they in this situation? If you go back several verses in the story, what's happened is that after the apostles gathered and prayed again for the filling of the Holy Spirit. We covered last week that we saw the community of God strengthened and bound together, uh, having everything in common. They were unified in heart and mind, and they shared everything they had. I mean, that's the the picture of the Spirit-filled community. And then if you go on, they start seeing the works of Christ being done through them. And now it's not just one healing, it's, it's several. It's one after another, after another, after another. And so this is a thing now. And they are called in by the religious leaders of the day. I mean, they're asked this question, and why are you teaching in this man's name? And then Peter's response, I mean, this is another time that Peter is saying the gospel. We, in episode 28, I loved that episode because there was such kindness and such grace in that story. As Peter, with compassion, speaks to the religious adherents, the ones who are going to and from the temple, kind of stuck participating in the, in the religious flow, in a sense. And, and when Christ heals that man at the gate, Peter takes that chance to say, you don't have to miss Christ anymore. You missed Christ in the life of Jesus. Don't miss Christ through the body of Christ on the earth, the church. And there was so much compassion And if you weren't with us in this episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to episode 28 as we cover that that retelling of the gospel that Peter does. But this time, it doesn't have that same air of compassion. I mean, he is speaking to these religious leaders with a fierceness. What's he defending? I mean, he's defending the work of Christ among those who were sick, who were forgotten, who were oppressed, who were left behind, 
who were poor, who were broken. He's defending the restorative work of Christ among those people directly to the people in power. So he's speaking truth to power, just as Jesus did. And he uses this imagery from Deuteronomy, which he speaks of, you hung him on a tree to die. And that in Deuteronomy was reserved for someone who was scorned and cursed by God. That's how they were put to death. And that's what Peter was saying. That's what you did to Jesus, but you were wrong. It was you who fell on the wrong side of history, the wrong side of grace. It was Jesus that was the incarnation of Christ, all that God is on the earth, and you killed him. This is powerful language that he's using. So why are they here? Why are the apostles, the body of Christ, why are they being questioned by the religious authorities? Why were they thrown in prison? And if you want to read that whole story, just start at Acts chapter 5. They were in prison and they were released miraculously. Why? If you go back earlier in the story, it says this. It says, after this account of healing after healing being performed by the church and even um, accounts of Peter's shadow passing by people and they were healed. I mean, this is like the realm of the miraculous grace and healing, touching the poor and the broken. And so then it says this. It says, the high priest and his officials who were Sadducees were filled with jealousy And so they arrested the apostles and put them in jail. They were filled with jealousy. And it's not a jealousy like these people have more power than we have, or, you know, the church is the cool kids now, and and we're the old religious officials. And it's not that. It's that jealous can be translated as zealous, which is to say that they were zealous for God. They were zealous for what they believed God to be about. And if you go back to what have the Sadducees held on to? They've held on to the Roman government. They've held on to this strict belief that God does not raise the dead, which is to say that God does not restore all things. And they have held to law and to regulations over encounter with the living God. They are zealous for what they believe God to be about, what they believe God to be. And when they see Christ moving through people, when they see the Spirit of God touching the human heart, filling the people of God with the power of God, when they see Christ again in their midst through the body of Christ, doing the same things they saw Jesus accomplishing on the earth, they miss it because they are zealous for a version of God and an image of God that is totally non-existent and false. That's a really important distinction because these Sadducees, these religious leaders were actually fighting for what they believed God to be about, which the tragedy is that image of God has nothing to do with the living God, with Christ among them. And they couldn't see it. They couldn't see that they were coming against God by condemning the acts of healing and restoration and grace that Christ was accomplishing through the church. I think this story's a hard and heavy lesson to the church today. There's so many times that the church in the U.S. has stood up zealous for an image of God that is non-existent and false. If there's something that the American evangelical church can repent from, perhaps it's the condemnation of the work of Christ that's going on among us in our world through those whom God has called and redeemed and filled with his spirit those things that come against 
a false view of God. It's an invitation to be open to the Spirit of God, no holds barred, to be fully open to the work of Christ in us, among us, and through us. We owe a lot to these apostles who spoke truth to power, who weren't intimidated by the religious leaders, by the authorities, but who saw the Holy Spirit as the witness to what they knew to be true, who they knew Christ to be. And may we follow in that example. May we be bold, knowing that the Holy Spirit is our witness, our protector, our defender, the one who fills us and who leads us into being a beautiful expression the body of Christ on the earth. It's, a, you know, the first people that missed it in episode 28, they missed it because they were kind of in this rhythm. They just were kind of, we're trying, doing our best, as Dulcie would say. These people are missing it they're different. Like there's a difference because they're because they think they're right. They think they're right. They're like they're they're coming like they're coming against. They're throwing them in prison. But don't you think they're missing it because this thing that is happening cannot be put in a box. Like you can't control it. You can't. It's not written down to where we can refer to it. Mm-hmm. They can't put it in this is yes and this is no type of things that they've done with religion Mm -hmm. right and it gives them this sense of control we can learn it and we can be experts of it and we can wrap our minds around it and that feels really good to to people in those positions and you start to get more connected to that and more about that without even realizing that's your motivation, that when this other thing comes about, which essentially is the Holy Spirit, that is yeah. that you can't control that. And you can't really even answer for Like, there's a lot more mystery in that. Mm-hmm. You can't tame it. You don't know how it's going to manifest itself these things that are happening and they no longer get to be really the ones in control. Yeah. It's threatening to their role. I wonder if it's also like threatening to their mental health because it's like, I mean, we were talking a little bit about this before we started recording, like how few places there are to land anyway. And so it's just almost easier to put religion, beliefs, ideals into these boxes that have set rules because then it's clean and it doesn't... It's manageable. It's not scary and it, it, it's a place to land. Mm-hmm. Whether it's right or not is, is what they're coming up against, you know. Mm-hmm. And they were the guardians of that... Yeah. Of all those rules and all those systems. And it starts at a really good place. I mean, I think that slips in so subconsciously and gradually... Yeah, we have this way of making our role in something greater than yes. the, the something that we're in. And then it starts to influence the something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because we're not, we're not fully given to something. We're, we haven't lost ourselves in it yet. It's, um, it's kind of the opposite. We've like found ourselves in it. 
and right. like made it about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which when that happens with something as intimate, as powerful and as mysterious really mm-hmm. as the supernatural, as Christ, as religion, that's really dangerous. Do you think David's because they're so sad, you see? <laughs> yeah, I think that's why. <laughs> I just keep having this, <laughs> this picture of like, I mean, I've never seen a lifeguard on the ocean. I know they exist. You know, it's one thing to be drawn into the beauty of, of the ocean of, of nature. And there's another thing to, not that this is not a slam on lifeguards at all. I'm so happy that we have that. I really want to know where this is going. <laughs> so you have the, the beauty of the whole thing of the, of the ocean of creation or this place of like, I, I preside over it and I control other people's, again, this is not what lifeguards do, but pretend. Mm-hmm. I control other people's experience of the thing. And I, I see the tendency over and over in these stories of the early church, even the stories of, of Jesus um, having to deal with the religious leaders of the day. That it's, it's, they've set themselves as the regulators of the experience, the human experience of the divine. And you, no human can do that. And you see Jesus doing it. Now you see the body of Christ, the church doing it, that you cannot contain the flow of love and healing and grace and peace and all that is Christ on the earth. You can't regulate it. You can't control people's experience of it. You shouldn't. But we have this brokenness in us that I, I think that's sin, that we think that we should and that we can but it never works. Well, it doesn't work, but it absolutely can rob us of experiencing the fullness of the spirit. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just easy to like see that with hindsight. Mm-hmm. It's harder like in it to know what to trust with the spirit or man, I just am feeling like rules are easier. Having things that are well-defined are just easier. I'm just feeling that rub, like that the spirit yeah. is not contained. That's a little terrifying to know where where you stand in that and what, what part you have in that. It is terrifying. Yeah. But it's also the path to see the restoration and the healing that we want to see mm-hmm. in us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in our society, in our world. I'm wondering why we, how we've gotten to a place where our fear of that messiness trumps our pursuit of when you talk about, but when you experience it, it's essentially transformational. Mm -hmm. And it is messy. I mean, you're going to, have people misconstrue things and Mm -hmm. it's just it is messy it's going to be mishandled at times because we're human it's never going to play out perfectly so you take something that's a little bit hard to contain and define and (laughs) and 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 can be a little awkward Mm -hmm. and uncomfortable at times anyways I feel like primarily because we're just not familiar with it 
and don't have a lot of experience with it. Mm -hmm. But if you have had any taste of the Spirit, it's hard to describe, and it is transformational. But I keep wondering why the fear of the messy trumps the pursuit of more of the Spirit, more times than not. This is a very general statement. I think it's just who we are. I mean, it's something in us. We even know now that our brains have evolved to, to emphasize fear and danger over, um, over freedom and over, mm-hmm. over risk. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, just to bring it down to where we live, the, Bloom has been through its fair share of, of messiness and hardship, for sure. I mean, Dulce, you've been around long enough to know that it's those times when it feels like things are falling apart in the church or, or whatever it is, and, and it's hard. And those meetings and leadership are those times that you're so tempted to grab it because it's yours, mm-hmm. to fix, mm-hmm. to control. I mean, I'm certainly guilty of that. It takes trust. As we prayed this morning for Bloom, and the prayer is really just reminding ourselves that this is not ours. That is it. The church is us, but it's not ours. Do you see the difference? Mm-hmm. We are the church, mm-hmm. but the church doesn't belong to us. Mm-hmm. The church is Christ's. Yeah. And Christ leads the church and, and rules and reigns in the church. And we are that, but it doesn't belong to us. And so I think that there's something in us that wants it to belong to us. There's something in us that wants to control. Mm-hmm. And I don't always think it's just accidental. I think to some degree it's, it's malicious. And I say that because you think about this scene that the apostles are, are walking around. And, and I just picture like an open, almost like a city square, streets. And lame people, people that couldn't walk, people that are sick, they're being healed one after another by the power of the Spirit, by Christ through them. If you think about what position in society these people occupied before, right. it was probably the lowest position in society. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you have this movement, the church, that is made up of people who were prior at the bottom of society that were restored and healed by the power of Christ. Mm. And now you have this movement on the earth that in that city, in that place, that if you were in power, if you were a religious leader, what are you going to do with this new movement that's gaining power, which is comprised mostly of people who you assumed would be ruled over, Mm. would be controlled for the foreseeable future. And now there's a hope and there's a power in that group. I mean, that to me is, mm-hmm. it doesn't surprise me that the ones who ruled the system are not happy. Right. Right. So I'm not going to say it's all just, well, they didn't know. And they, I do think there's maliciousness. And I do think that is what scripture talks about is sin. Mm-hmm is that we're coming in the way, we're setting ourselves against mm-hmm. yeah. the restorative work of Christ on the earth. And so now you have these people that are that we were just fine with them being at the bottom. Mm. And now they're walking. And now they're not bleeding anymore. And now they can see, and this whole new humanity 
the church is being formed and they're gaining influence and they're gaining power. Yeah, I mean, they're just, they're just afraid of losing power. Mm-hmm. That's all that is, which is ha- happening currently as well. <laughs> yeah, what, what do you mean? Um, I just, yeah, I, you just get this sense that the previous way that the church has moved forward, specifically the church in power, which would be the white church, likes having all of the power and keeping people who are not in that system down mm-hmm. and oppressed. And suddenly those people are getting a voice mm-hmm. and rising up. And it's really scary, I think, for people who hold power in that. Um, so it does feel really similar. Yeah. <laughs> and it feels really malicious when I can step outside of it and be really kind of horrified by it. And I am a little afraid the white church might miss it mm. and maybe is missing it in a power grab right now. But mm. I'm praying still. <laughs> the spirit is mightier, you guys. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I wonder too if there will be a lot of people who will be surprised at what the Spirit is actually doing in this country, and they will miss out on what the Spirit is doing because they wanted to keep the power in the situation. Yeah, Dulcie, this is one of those dynamics in Scripture that you just don't have to sit with it for very long <laughs> right. for it to demand something of you. And what I think it demands of us as a local expression of the body of Christ here is is to really sit with where are we holding on to to any sense of control or power or system that would just be fine with the oppressed staying oppressed yeah. and the unhealed staying yeah. unhealed and the blind staying blind. It's us inviting the Spirit of God to pull us fully into the purposes of Christ in our world. Yeah. In our city. And that seems to mean a lot of the time that the whole hierarchical structure of society is turned on its head by the kingdom of God, by the new reign Mm. of Christ on the earth. And we're in the season of grace, I think, that we get to let go of everything Mm. except the spirit of God. If we don't, we're going to be crushed under the reign that is coming which is the kingdom of God on the earth. I mean, yeah, it's the kingdom is upside down. Yeah. And right now it's not how we've structured it. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I, I think, I agree. I think, I don't know if we'll be crushed. We just won't be, that won't be the kingdom. That's not the king we'll be following if we can't let it flip on its head. Yeah. It'll be a different king we're following. <laughs> somebody of pride or whatever yeah. i mean you know what i mean but yeah but you never see the kingdom of god in the gospels where the powerful remain powerful and the oppressed remain oppressed no ever yeah and what we're discovering like the early church did is that you cannot control the move of the spirit that's what jesus said mm-hmm. that you can't know where the wind is coming from or where it's going but you feel you feel it, you experience it. And you just, these stories, these accounts of the early church is just really all it is, is it's the church learning what life in the spirit is and the power that it gives the early church to be the body of Christ on the earth, to see the works of Christ continue to be done 
through them and, and then you see the religious leaders and you see the leaders of of civic life struggle with that and then you see the church ask for more of the presence of the spirit for more boldness and then it definitely wasn't clean and i you know as we're talking what is the church it's the gathered people of god making the decision to open the fullness of who they are to the spirit of god to be drawn into the flow of christ on the earth to be in fact christ on the earth and we can't say where that will take us but we can say to whom that will take us and if we look at from the old testament from the story of the early church to the epistles the letters to the church it seems that christ is drawn to those broken places to those places that have been forgotten those places that need healing i mean that's what christ does in our world he restores us he's restoring all of creation and we get to be a part of it and so bloom let me invite you into that place of examine what are we holding on to what are we giving ourselves to is it the fullness of the spirit of god is it the work of christ in us among us and through us into the world i pray that it is and we see that evidence throughout our community but let us together ask again come holy spirit build your church in this place and in this time through us The Apostle Paul says, Be imitators of God. Love as Christ loved. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Put away all anger and bitterness, all slander and malice. So let us confess our sin to God, who forgives us in Christ. In a dark and disfigured world, we have not held out the light of life. Lord, have mercy. In a hungry and despairing world, we have failed to share our bread. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. In a cold and loveless world, we have kept the love of God to ourselves. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May the Father forgive us by the death of his Son and strengthen us to live in the power of the Spirit all of our days. Amen. Gathering our prayers and our praises into one, let us pray as Christ our Savior has taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Bloom, may God who gives patience and encouragement give you a spirit of unity to live in harmony as you follow Jesus Christ so that with one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord 
Jesus Christ. And the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be among you and remain in you always. Go in peace to love and to serve Jesus.